Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries, where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth. Let's pray before we start. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before your throne. We thank you because you are a faithful God. You are our Father. And we know that you have our best interest at heart. Father, this morning we're asking that you minister to us. That you open the eyes of our understanding. That whatever it is that you teach us today will not only be hearers but also doers of it. That your word will be a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. We thank you, Father, for the word that will come forth. That it will come forth with power, will come forth with might, and will come forth with anointing. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So those of you who joined us last week would remember that we had a title, which was called, Who Are You? And whose are you? And the message today is going to piggyback on the message from last week. So if you weren't able to listen to the one from last week or you weren't present, we encourage you to log into our pods, our podcasts, our website, and you know, listen to the one from last week, and that will be a good continuity for you. Amen. So last week we established a few things that you are a redeemed child of God and you've not been put on this earth by accident. You're very significant and God has a plan for your life. If you were the only one around, Christ would have still gone to the cross for you. You are the apple of his eyes and you're deeply loved by him. And we finished off by establishing that you are all a chosen generation, a chosen people. You've been chosen by God. You've been pulled out of the Marie clay. And we're all seated with Jesus Christ at the right hand of God. So today, the question God has for us is, why are you here? What is your purpose? What's your vision? What's your goal? What are you destined to do? And this is a question that I remember asking myself some time ago, that why is it that people still remain on earth after they've given their life to Christ? And I asked that question as a new believer, but I soon found out why I am here. And I believe that for those of us who are not persuaded or unsure that the Lord would minister that to us today. And for those of us that know, God would reiterate that to us. It's always good for us to be reminded and to remind ourselves. If you've got your Bibles, open with me to John chapter 5, verse 30. John chapter 5, verse 30. And I'm going to read that in two versions. I'm going to read it in the NIV and the message version. It's a very short verse. John 5, 30. It says, I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. I'm going to read this in the message version, which seems to be a little bit more elaborate. It says, I can't do a solitary thing on my own. I listen, then I decide. You can trust my decision, 
because I'm not out to get my own way, but only to carry out orders. If I were simply speaking on my own account, it will be an empty self-serving witness, but an independent witness confirms me the most reliable witness of all. Furthermore, you all saw and heard John, and he gave expert, expert and reliable testimony about me, didn't he? So for those of us that know that, verse, uh, that passage of the Bible, John gave an account of who Jesus Christ was. And he said of himself that he was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's take a look at um, a couple more scriptures before we actually go into the message. John chapter 6, verse 38. John chapter 6, verse 38. And this is Jesus speaking. It says for John chapter 4, verse 34. John chapter 4, verse 34. It said, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. And I put in bracket in my notes, he is our source. Now, on the face of it, when you ask yourself, what was it Jesus came to do? And, you know, the things that spring to mind for me is that he came to redeem us. He came to restore us back in fellowship. He came to forgive us. He came to provide for us. The Bible says he raised the dead. He healed the sick. But in a nutshell, he came to destroy the works of the evil one. So for us to know why we're here, it's important for us to know who we're here for, who has sent us. And we'll go through a few pointers which our Lord Jesus Christ pointed out to us. It says, know who you are trying to please. So we ask ourselves that question, who are we trying to please? See, Jesus didn't please everyone, and he didn't plan to please everyone. And if our Lord Jesus Christ did not please everyone, then I can say that it would be unwise for us to try and please everyone, because it's categorically not going to happen. We can't please everyone. Even in a small family of, say, four or five of us, we still can't please everyone. There are times, and that's why we have arguments, that's why we disagree, and we disagree to agree or agree to disagree, whichever way we want to put it. But we can't always please everyone. And it just goes to show, Jesus couldn't do it, so we can't do it. And he never planned to, because he knew that there would be people that would disagree with him. Now, what Jesus said was plain and simple. I am here to please the one who has sent me. Full stop. And Jesus and God also testified of this. In the scriptures when he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, when you lose sight of who you're trying to please, you find that there will be people around that will get you to do things that you have not been called to do. They would box you into a situation 
or box you into a category of who you are not. Now, Jesus focused on God and focused on his assignment. And if you remember a few weeks ago, the message was that we should not lose focus. Now, for those of us who attend the same ministry or place of fellowship regularly, this year, our vision was to see, to have a 2020 vision. And that it means to be able to see through the eyes of God. How does God see things? You see, when we see things through the eyes of God, we will save ourselves a lot of heartache. Because we're not pleasing man. Our focus is on the one who has sent us. You know, there's a saying in my, in my, in my culture that says, the one you reverence and the one you fear is the one who has sent you, not the one you're delivering a message to. Now, who has sent you? So if you and I would do the same thing and focus on God and not lose sight, we will find that we will not be concerned about who criticizes us. We will not be concerned about competing with other people. We will not be concerned about conflicts. Because we will know that we're taking our assignment, we're taking our orders from the one who has placed, on, placed us on earth. See, by focusing on God, we simplify our lives. Because we'll be doing the right thing at the right time, regardless of what anybody else thinks about it. Let's take a look at what Proverbs chapter 3 says. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 7. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. It says, seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and run away, turn away from evil. See, if we go back to that first bit, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And another version says, and lean not on your own understanding. Oftentimes, we lean on our own understanding. If we cannot rationalize it, it makes it difficult for us to accept it. And that is what society has taught us. If you can't see it, you can't believe it. If you can't make sense of it, pack it to one side. But as believers, as the body of Christ, the Bible says, blessed are those who have not seen, yet they believe. And that is where the word faith comes into place. Because a lot of people will say, how can you believe what you have not seen? But that is what faith says. It says, seek him, seek his will in all you do. Now, if you cast your mind back to a couple of a few weeks ago, when we read the scripture in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, we should seek what is the perfect will of God for our lives. 
Now, as Christians, we know there is what you have as the permissive will and the perfect will. But it's important that what we seek is God's perfect will for us because God has a perfect will for each and every one of us. And his perfect will never goes amiss. It says, don't be impressed with your own understanding. The Bible says that the wisdom of man is like foolishness unto God. And so many times we think, oh yeah, we're wise, but we're only wise in our own eyes. And that is why we need to seek God and he is the one that we need to please. Secondly, Jesus says, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. And you can find that in John chapter 8 verse 14. I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Now, can we say that of ourselves? Do we know where we came from? Now, some of you might say, yeah, I was too little to know where I came from. True, if you're looking at it in the physical. But where are you going? What are your priorities in life? What are your goals? What are the things you want to accomplish? What legacies do you want to leave behind? When everything is done and dusted, what will people say about you? There's so much that can be said of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we established last week that we are joint heirs with him. So if we're joint heirs with him and we want to share in his glory, then we do have the same assignment. And that's why when Jesus was living and he was talking to his disciples, he says, the things that I do, you the works that I've done, you will do greater works. And somebody might say, how can you do greater works? Now, Jesus was in one place at a time, but now he has millions of disciples. And that's why for each one of us, either we're at work or in our environment of our friends or in a community of where we live, Christ needs to be seen in us. There's a song that says, let Christ be exalted in me. I would live to give him praises. Within a minute or two of someone meeting with you, they need to know that you are a child of God. There's something different about you. And I don't know if you've heard this. There are times when people will say, oh, you know, there's just something different about you. And that's the Christ in you. For those of us who work in establishments, we know that we can't easily open up our Bibles and minister to someone. But your life, the way you carry yourself, the way you conduct yourself, the way you speak, the way you reach out is the Christ. You are the walking Christ. And that's why it's important for us to know what are our goals in life. Unless you plan your life and you have established priorities, you'll be pressured by other people to do what they think is important. Now, what is important to you? What are those priorities? So if you don't decide what's a priority, there are people around you that will decide what a priority is to you. You have a choice. 
Now, it's easy to operate under the, you know, the tyranny of, oh, you know what? It's so important. These are so urgent. I need to do it. And then you go around a whole day, a whole month, a whole year. And a lot of people go through life and they come to the end of life and they ask themselves, what have I accomplished? What have I accomplished? You only need to go to a graveside and see what's been written on the tombstone of a lot of people. There's so many unrealized talents and dreams that are buried six foot under. Why are you here? You know, a lot of people use up a lot of energy doing a lot of things. But you know, busyness, not business, business does not equate to productivity. Someone might say being a busybody. Jack of all trade and master of none. What are we focusing on? You know, it casts my mind back to when Jesus was about 12 years old and his parents took him to, they went for the feast of Passover and they left and they were going back and they forgot Jesus in the temple. Now, when they realized Jesus wasn't with them, they went back and they found him sitting at 12 years old, Jesus was sitting with the elders and he was listening and he was asking questions to the point that the elders there were amazed at the questions and answers. At age 12, Jesus already knew what he wanted in life. He hadn't even gone through puberty, but he knew. And when his parents came, and they said, we've been searching for you, Jesus. Why have you done this to us? What was his answer? Why have you been searching for me? Do you not know important? You do it. Not important, you delegate it. Those of you that know me will say, amen. And I say that to say, it took me a long time to be able to delegate, but I'm getting good at it. Now, the last one says, if it's not urgent and it's not important, eliminate it. Now, this is a good matrix to live by. And that way you can actually prioritize your time and you can prioritize your assignments. Otherwise, you find yourself going round and round in circles and you're achieving nothing. So what we don't want to be doing is spinning and spinning and spinning and remaining on the same spot because that's of no value to us. See, good organization and good preparation would help to reduce stress because one, you know who you are, which we talked about last week. You know whose you are and you know why you're here and you know who you're trying to please. It's important that we have clearly defined goals in life and that helps to simplify our lives. So I encourage us, before we get out of bed each morning, let's commit our days into the hands of God. Let's say, Lord, 
What would you have me do today? You know, there are simple things like even what you're going to wear. I know so much, maybe more for women than for men. But there are times that I, before I step out, I ask the Holy Spirit, what should I wear today? Because I am representing God. Is what I wear important? Definitely. Because it might just be someone that says, oh, you look good today. I like what you're wearing. And that might be an opportunity for me to share Christ. So if I wear something that's nice, someone compliments, that's a way that I can fish for a man, a woman. That's the way I can minister to them. And that is part of me accomplishing why I am here. Now, Jesus said something in Luke chapter 4, verse 43. Luke chapter 4, verse 43. He said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Now, our first ministry is to our family. But after that, we have our neighbors we have our co-workers. We have people in the supermarkets. We have people that we bump into in the gym. I do go to the gym, yeah. So we do have people that we bump into in various areas, our walks of life. So it's important for us to share the love of God. We should not be selfish Christians, me, myself, and I. We need to be able to go to heaven knowing that we have done what God has sent us on earth to do. Now, Jesus refused to be distracted by man because he was going somewhere. He had a purpose in life. He had a destiny and he kept right on. He was determined. He was persistent. But not only was he persistent, he was focused on the assignment. Are we focused on the assignment? And if we have niggly doubts in our hearts that we're not focused on the assignment, it's not too late. Can I encourage us that we start where we are? Little drops of water make a mighty ocean. Start at home. Start with your friends. And then you build from there. Like I said, Jesus had a goal and he had a focus. But you know what? He was not selfish about it. He didn't say, you know what? I've got a ministry for three years. I would come. I would you know, pay the price, restore them back onto God, and I'll go. No. So while he was here, what did he do? He equipped disciples. And we can read that in Mark chapter 3, verse 14. Mark chapter 3, verse 14. The Bible says he appointed 12 that he might send them out. Now, I'm going to say this 
We're not doing it alone. And we cannot do it alone. If Jesus felt the need to have disciples, to have apostles, who he trained, he equipped, he empowered, he anointed to go out and do the work of the ministry, then myself and you need to be doing the same thing. So my question is, who are we mentoring? Who are we encouraging? Who are we teaching the word of God? Paul had Timothy. Moses had Joshua. The men of God, when you read about them in the Bible, they all had men that they were teaching. So today I encourage you, know why you're here. Know that you have an assignment. And let us take that assignment that God has given unto us as a priority in our lives. You know, when we heard the Easter message a few weeks ago, the message said that God wants us to occupy till he returns. Now, in occupying, we go about our daily business. But while we're going about our daily business, it's also important to, for us to understand that we have a kingdom business. And do you know what? When Christ comes and takes us home, the one question he's going to be asking us is that have we accomplished what we have been sent on earth to do? Buy houses, buy cars, educate yourself, but there's always a priority, the kingdom business. Jesus says, I am about my father's business. The Bible says we are a body and we must come together in one unity, in one unit. And that's why scripture tells us, it says how good and how pleasant it is when brethren come together in unity. We're called to do things together. And that's why Jesus says we are the body. We are his body. We are the bride. We're working in unity to accomplish one goal. And that is to see men and women saved. The goal is for us to empty hell and to populate heaven. I trust that you've been blessed by the word of God. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are and remember why you are here. God bless you. Let us pray. Father, we just so much love you. We love you and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for your plan and your purpose for each and every one of us. And today, Father, even as we've heard your word, we pray that we do not lose sight of why you have placed us here. So that when all is done and dusted, we will be able to wear that glorious crown. And you'll be able to say, good and faithful servant. 
We thank you, Father, for Jesus Christ, our Savior, our helper, our joint heir. He is our example. And we know that everything that Christ did is also for us to do. So, Father, we say thank you for the word that has come forth. And we thank you because, Lord, you are the one that gives us the ability to accomplish. You are the one that anoints us. You are the one that trains us. You are the one that equips us. And we thank you, Father, for equipping each and every one of us for the work of the ministry. We bless you, O oh God, for your word. And we thank you, Father, because we are doers of your word and not just hearers. We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at 10.30 a.m. at 336 Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.